Hello everyone and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host Ryan this week and joining me as always my co-host Crofton. Uh, Crofton, please tell me that your face is not frozen due to a, a tragic dentist appointment. It's only frozen with a look of handsomeness, Ryan. Ooh. So uh i you're it's it always looks like that then is what you're saying yeah it's always handsome okay yeah well i mean this is uh so i i had a dentist appointment this afternoon and you know um i think i realized i should have realized last week but i think i realized this week because i had two dentist appointments one last thursday and one this thursday and um i'm sitting in the chair it's four o'clock and i'm realizing oh this is why these you know dentist time appointments are available because you know dentists changed since I was a kid. I don't know if everybody else has experienced this, but when I was a kid, you had a dentist, and then the dentist had like a like a sometimes had like I think we just had a dent had a dentist. Now I came from a I'm from a small town, so big city slicker Ottawa guy over there might have oh we always had a huge offices with multiple hygienists and stuff. Like I don't think that was a thing when I was a kid. It was just a dentist. Um, the point I'm trying to make here is that uh, 4 p.m. slots with the dentist always exist because if you're getting freezing, it's very hard to eat dinner at all uh, afterwards. Um, so, I, and I'm still coming down. It's like the top of my lip is still a little, little frozen. So if I if I mess up more than usual, that's that is why. It's because I can't feel my face. Um, <laughs> Just like the weekend. Yeah, uh, there's a song about that. I'm not going to sing it because we, we multiple bad things would happen probably. Um, but we are, um, as Crofton put it in the pre-show that you did not hear because we have not um, launched our Patreon yet, uh, we're in the deep pan. Um, we have been for some time. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the announcements that happened today that are going to affect uh, both Crofton and I. Um and uh yeah we're all we're we're still feeling it but we're here we're here to support everybody you know vaccines are on the way normalcy is 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 on the horizon uh zach snyder is releasing the justice league cut in like a just under a month so um you know some good things some bad things but we'll get through it we'll get through it together crofton you you have in the notes here that you're work famous i I want to let everybody know at home that he just usually has I'm famous in the notes and I don't acknowledge it, but this time he put work in there and I think I know what he's talking about. I apologize if I made the mistake of, of acknowledging this note in the notes, but Crofton, your work famous. I saw a photo of you floating around like a little um, Dolly Parton reading corner type thing. What's going on? Uh, yeah, so it is It is kind of funny. I work for the government in Canada, which, uh, it, you know, if you work for any sort of government body, it's it's like you're the public service. You serve the public. So you're, you're not like we're a, a faceless mass of, of people, machinery that do, does the work in the back end. And like, you know, you got ministers that are out in front or prime mm-hmm. ministers or in the states, you know president ministers or whatever they're called and they're they're out they're out front they're the spokesperson person people whatever 
but um, but yeah, so it's rare that you get any sort of profile like this. But uh, for for me, uh, I had the opportunity to be interviewed about something that I'm doing at work, which is I manage this sort of storytelling group for uh, for a, a department. I've done this in in two Canadian government departments. It's kind of interesting. Whatever, I think it's more interesting than your run of the mill government work for sure. And anyway, I got profiled by Canada.ca. They have this living digital. Um, uh, sort of magazine about public servants and some of their work on, on digital comms and stuff and comms being communications. And, uh, and yeah, so they did an interview with me about storytelling stuff and then they put it, they put it up on Canada.ca, which I always joke is like our one website in Canada. Like, Oh, you're on Canada.ca. Are there any other sites? No, you go to Canada tire.ca Canada ca slash tim hortons they're all mm -hmm. they're all they're all there but it is it yeah. is the government's the the government site and so it was kind of cool and now i'm getting all these like you know emails and messages from people i used to work with and, and and family and friends and stuff saying like oh i saw your profile and all that and i'm like yeah i'm work famous in the last two days and then i will be back to toiling in obscurity but it's a hell of a two days ryan they can't take this podcast away from me though i'll always be podcast famous Right, well, that that was going to be my next question is like, did you plug the podcast? Either? No. Oh, I, I, I'm too Croftons. <laughs> I and also like uh, to, to be clear, like I'm pretty sure that would get me in hot water. Yeah, you um, would probably get in trouble for that. I would imagine that that, that would be that would be like, uh, you know, it's not like the states where they hire presidents who have Secret Service stay in their hotels, right? Like yeah. this is like I would be enriching myself from our massively unlaunched Patreon um, <laughs> due to uh, due to my work uh, my work efforts funded by good old taxpayers. That's true. That's true. That, so, there's uh, something it could it could eventually get you and or the podcast in trouble so yeah definitely don't and do or the podcast yeah i'm the only one that would get in trouble well you we are hosted on canada.ca so if, if we, <laughs> you know we're a canadian it's podcast true. so we're on canada.ca uh canada's website uh yeah there's one website <laughs> the canada's website we're canada's podcast um well, yeah, no, that's that's, that's ridiculous. People people wouldn't believe that. There's uh, millions of podcasts. There's just one website. That's more logical. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So anyway, it was just a neat thing. It's a neat thing for me, and uh, was uh, what you know, it's rewarding every once in a while to have things like this that are break you out of your uh, normal routine. It's also like a little embarrassing. Like I, I had to at work. You know, everybody at their job has to sort of put things up through you know, get their boss's approval before something happens. And I had to, the, the article was written by another department and I had to put it up and have like my boss and my boss's boss look at it. And it's very embarrassing to do that. Like, because I'm their point of reference at the department. I'm the person they interviewed. They're like, does anybody need to see this before we publish it? And I said, well, my boss and my boss's boss, they probably should see it. And they're like, okay, can you take care of it? I was like, I guess so. So I'm like, here's a piece about how awesome I am. It's more, it's more than that, but it's very awkward putting that putting that up, especially for a Canadian who are who are overburdened by modesty, despite any sort of pretense I may put on during a podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, was was uh, was just a little bit of a different thing, as Ryan said. You know, we're in the deep pan. Have everybody's feeling it right now, and I know that that's been a little bit of the. Um, 
the sort of recurring theme on this show where it's like, well, we just got to power through. We got to do it. But, uh, I, you know, I'm looking always for everything that, that makes my my life a little brighter in any given week. And uh, and this for this this week, it was it was a work thing, which is which is rare. <laughs> so uh, I'll take it. Yeah, well, we'll have a, a link in the show notes. But if you follow Crofton, he's tweeted about it several times. Several times. So you, you, I'm surprised you didn't retweet it on the uh, the official cast Twitter. But uh, we'll get to <laughs> it. <laughs> I did, I'll be honest, I didn't think about that. That's not yeah, a bad idea. It's, it, it, it can flow. It can flow that way, just not the other way. And I fully, yeah, no. and I'm, I'm not even joking. I fully support the fact that you. Uh, you 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 keep your your professional your your work life and your podcast life separate because I I do the same um, definitely. Well, it's hard it's hard because like like I, my work life is very much involved in on social media and stuff, and I'm like a like a bipolar social media person where I'm like, here's some government stuff for Canada, yeah. and oh, also the new Xbox looks like the sexy. You it's know, true. like it's just like I've I've got these two two sides, and part of me is like, well, I should develop a second persona. You know, maybe a streamer name, the Crofton or something, and then uh, and, and and then you know break these things apart. But in the end, I'm a complex person with complex needs, Brian. Also, I'm too lazy to manage both accounts. Yeah, I'm lucky with my work stuff in that I most of the stuff that I'm sharing on, on my personal account that is work related is cool videos or cool photos of cool places. So, um, but none of them are me sitting in a, in a chair with a book, um, being interviewed by the Canadian website. So I, the, the only website in Canada, uh, and, uh, that hosts, that, that hosts everything from the attic to the dungeons it's true. Uh, of, of Canada. Speaking of which Ryan. Yes, we, we do have it? done. We do have dungeons, and listen to this. They don't call me Krusty for nothing. Uh, I want to know, uh, you you have a note in here that you bought a Oculus Quest 2, and I I wanted, I truthfully want to know, because I think I, I, tweeted, I, I tweeted you about it, and then you, you gave me a, a yes, and then uh, also I'm, my kids are, are paying dearly for it. But I, I remember you mentioning last week, you were thinking about getting a Quest 2, and then I said... You should definitely get a Quest 2 because of X, Y, and Z. And then I sent you a link that it was in stock because it's kind of hard to come by unless I'm incorrect and you just happen to go find one. But uh, did did you buy this because I sent you a link that it was in yes. stock? Good. I buy you. Here's the reality is that like over the Christmas season, you know, I wanted a new video card for my computer. I might have wanted a PlayStation 5. I might have wanted an Oculus. You know, these are all things I wanted that were not in stock and are not in stock for anyone. So it's just like at, at one point I was thinking to myself, like, you know, if any of these things drop in my lap, like stock for any of them, I'm going to pull the trigger. And in terms of the Oculus, I had two over the Christmas holidays, two Best Buy gift cards. Now, the link you sent was to Amazon. And I was like, man, if Amazon has stock, does Best Buy have stock? And sure enough, they did. As soon as I saw that, I was like, wow, because it's 400 bucks, which is a lot of money, but really not that much money for um, a VR headset in comparison to, you know, what's out there, the vibe and all of these things. Um, and, uh, and I had 200 bucks in gift certificates. So that brought it down to 200 bucks. And I was like, you know what, 
whatever, I'm going to do it. And so, uh, so I did do it because I felt a little bad, right? Cause I have an Oculus Rift and I was like, do I need this other Oculus Rift? I don't even use my first one that, that much, you know, but the heart wants what it wants, Ryan. And, uh, before I before I go on my soapbox and talk all about it, I I want to add a disclaimer that I have a lot to say. Now, do you have any questions about it before I go nuts? Do I have any questions? You know, uh, I have a I have a quest. I have the first one, um, and I know the quest two kind of improved in in certain spots, but maybe not to a point where you have to rush out and buy a whole other uh quest having already owned one but um i'm curious did you get the did you get the wireless working or have you not gotten around to that yet in terms of wireless streaming sorry from your pc i chose not to even though i could have because it involves entering into developer mode putting the side quest thing and all of this stuff that is immediately like i don't want to see the equivalent of jailbreaking but it's it's you're doing a lot of stuff and you're going deep and my router is not wired to my pc which is a warning they give you about eight times that it should be um and uh and because of that i was just like oh you know i will uh i'm gonna go without it because i had ordered the oculus link cable of course the cable was shipped separately and normally the croft and luck would have it that i would get the cable and be like oh great the cable and then wait for the headset forever but this time i got the headset super fast and i've been waiting for the cable so um i actually got the oculus link cable today uh and i haven't used it yet and I am excited to do so because that will allow me to access uh, the games on my computer. And Ryan, this is where I'm going to go into full-on sort of rant and public awareness mode. Um, here's the thing. is You know when moms buy a game uh, for their kids for Christmas and they're like, I got you the Legend of Zolba just like you wanted. And you were like, oh, mom, it's the Legend of Zelda I wanted. And you're just like... You're just like, as a parent, you're kind of, if, you, if you're not literate on, on technology or video games or whatever, it can be overwhelming. And VR headsets are just like, they're crazy like that. And I consider myself a literate VR consumer, yet I was still hoodwinked when I bought the Quest 2. And I think okay. that it's important to kind of like tease that out and explain what it is and what it is not. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'm ex- explaining it a little bit. So I have the Oculus Rift. It is the first commercial uh, Oculus headset. I got it like maybe 2013, 14. I've had it for quite some time. It plugs into your computer. Uh, and when it plugs into your computer, you download something called the Oculus uh, Desk top application and then you can buy games on the oculus store and then you play games um uh through your computer you're wired so forth so on the oculus quest is is uh got a computer in it like an android based computer and so you don't need when they say it's untethered it's because it it's running itself and so it because that computer can only be so powerful it can only run so so powerful software right like it can only it can't run the the biggest triple a's without being linked to a computer that's what ryan was talking about he's like did you try streaming it because there is a streaming sort of backward solution that you can do to stream from your desktop to the headset or you can wire wire yourself with the oculus link cable which is um which is another way of using your headset 
as uh, connecting it to your computer. But this is what I didn't understand, which is that because all the games that you buy uh, for the Oculus Quest 2, uh, you, you, when you put on the headset, if you're not connected to a computer, you go to the Oculus store. It looks the exact fucking same as if you put on your headset, your commercial headset. And then, but then, so I expected to see my games there, like the ones that would work on Quest. For example, Beat Saber. I own Beat Saber. Uh, have played right. it for years, and I put on my Quest Two headset, and I expect, I don't expect Beat Saber to be installed. I expect to have the ability to download Beat Saber. Be, um, you know, it, it's linked to my account, so it knows. It knows my purchases. I bought Beat Saber on the Oculus Store. So what is to stop me from downloading it on this headset? Well, no, I have to buy Beat Saber a second time. And the the reason for that is they see that version of Beat Saber that goes on the Quest as a separate product. They see it as like the portable version, if you will, of Beat Saber as opposed to the version that you have on your computer. Um, it's up to the developer to allow for cross-purchase. There are games that you can buy that give you the version for your desktop and the version for the Quest 2. But it turns out every single game I ever bought on Oculus Rift was not cross-play. Um, so I had a grand total of zero games on my Rift when I got um, on my um, Quest 2 when I got it. I expected to log into my store, download all the ones that work for my headset, or even a lot of them have portable variants but no they make you buy them all again and that was a huge like i had done research on this i was hugely surprised by that yes i knew that there were versions of games like robo recall and uh, uh in, um in death that were like robo recall untethered or in death freedom or whatever like sure. they, 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 they it, clearly in the title that said that they were the portable versions but i still maybe foolishly expected that those games would all be free because i owned the full versions or whatever but where it was most egregious when it was the exact same game like super hot vr or beat saber these are great games i own them on my pc uh, if I wire, if I connect to my PC with the link cable, I'll be able to play them. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, if I'm just using it portably, the, the way that you kind of get the best experience mostly, those games won't be available unless I pay for them a second time from the same store, Oculus Store. So to me, that that was a, a huge kick in the, the nuts, I guess. And so I, I found that... Uh, a surprise is that what you understood ryan about it already like am i a fool for having expected that i would own beat saber on 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 my uh my quest 2 i i wouldn't i wouldn't say that you're a fool i i feel like um so a couple things beat saber is a great example of a game that was popular before the quest arrived and when they were developing the Quest version, the developers had said, even though they're purchased by Facebook, like Facebook owns the Beat Saber developers, but still Beat Saber decided that the Quest version would be separate because of the work that went into it. Since the game had already launched on PC, porting it to the Quest was work that required it to be, um, from the developer's point of view, a separate purchase. It was, it was, it was a, a large amount of work. Now, the DLC is cross-buy. There is that that sort of uh, nugget of um, awesomeness. If you've purchased DLC on the Oculus Store, it is sort of cross-buy. Um, but 
I think going forward, when you see games develop, developed by Facebook or Oculus Studios, you're going to see them have cross-buy. I've, I've noticed that more that cross-buy has been enabled for games that are being developed after the Quest has been released because now the developers can build that into their development plan and support that feature. Um, but yeah, there are still a lot of those like, this is the Quest version, this is the desktop version and they are separate purchases because they are separate versions um in my but mind I, yeah like uh, oculus it, it's the same store that you're pretty much in or it, it for all intents and purposes it looks the same mm-hmm. it's and, and then all of a sudden they're like oh they're different versions well why are they different i'm putting on an oculus device and i'm playing the same game and, and you could argue that like oh yeah well a nintendo ds and a nintendo wii are different consoles but they have different versions of the game you have to pay for them twice i'm like i get that but in this case it's a headset you put on your face the only difference is that one doesn't have wires and one does i mean to the outside consumer right yeah, like oh, yeah yeah you, of course you really you really have to do your goddamn homework to the nth degree to not be surprised by this because honestly um it is really in one of the reasons i i bought the headset was because i wanted to you know, I had this library of Oculus games. So would I have, and I kept saying to myself, why do people buy the Oculus Rift S instead of this Quest 2 with the link cable? And now I understand. I understand where it's like, well, this is, that's a more dedicated to your PC platform. This one is an Android-based platform, but can link to your PC and serve as a headset, which I have yet to do. I got the cable today, so I haven't tried that out. Look, I'm coming down hard on on their biz, the business practices, which honestly I think kind of deserve it. I I find they're shady, poorly communicated, and not, not you know not necessarily consumer friendly. That said, the device is amazing, and if you have never had an Oculus device before, this is the one to get. In that. Um, it uh it can link to your pc and allow you to play those big games um or you can buy like if i was just you know if i did if i own no versions of beat saber i would just buy the quest one but i would never buy the pc one because that would serve no purpose i would only be able to play it when i was linked to the pc but you can you can buy a you know all you can buy um quest specific software when you're untethered that run directly out of the headset or you can buy pc games and connect to your pc and play them um uh, and the the controls are amazing um one of the big differences is that there's a camera on the front and it allows for uh, multiple things that i had not considered including hand tracking which is out of this world ryan have you tried that yeah, and it's crazy how well it works because one of the barriers to entry with VR is that if you just want to get in, do a quick thing, and jump out, you you don't have to worry about having the controllers anywhere in front of you. You can just kind of like pinch and zoom with your fingers to kind of navigate the menus, and then once you're queued up, you can find your controllers. Like they've added a lot of, um, I would say a lot of what appear what started as beta features that are now part of the software, um the the hand tracking is a good one and sort of the uh screen door activation where you can um double tap on the side of the headset and then it activates the camera to give you what is the view of the what you see normally when you're setting up your guardian space then you can kind of see where everything is and you know 
I, I agree go- with you as much as Facebook and Oculus have sort of taken two steps forward with a lot of their headsets. They have they have really caused some issues. Like I think the cross buy was the real first one where they they implemented it, but I don't think a lot of developers were using it just due to the the sheer difference between the hardware of PCs and and the Android Snapdragon or whatever they're using in the Quest. Um, but also the fact that they've dropped the headsets, the the wired headsets. They're not doing PC headsets anymore. Like the Rift S has been discontinued. So the Quest Two is is their platform going forward. Whether that is going to fix the cross buy issues that you've been talking about, um, I always think there will be you know a drive for for desktop driven experiences like Half Life Alex and stuff that are nigh impossible on on like an android based oculus quest um so i i think it's interesting that they're they're betting all of their it's more consumer friendly i think the quest 2 in that you don't have to have an expensive pc you don't have to have all the right drivers like you can just absolutely to go so so for for those who never have vr i had i had friends that came over uh, two years ago now i know because it was the last time i played vtaber at one point and said you last played this game two years ago um and uh and ryan mentioned the guardian space and what that is uh for listeners at home is is when you set up a vr with using oculus you've got to set up kind of a space in which that it detects that you play in and it creates a fake wall in the vr world to let you know you're about to crash into the wall like it's so that you can position yourself um the setup for my oculus rift was so fiddly i i have a three sensor setup which right. gives gives you room scale it took took me forever to get, to set it up every time to the point that it was a deterrent from me playing so to play i needed to have the physical energy because vr games are demanding it's not just crashing on the couch um i needed to have the patience to go through the fiddling setup and the wires and connect it and and, and do it if i wasn't playing games days in a row then it was really a pain. The Quest 2 eliminates all of that. And for me, that's the killer app in the sense that beyond the wirelessness, beyond the better resolution that the monitor has, the thing that has made the biggest difference for me is I can just slap it on and play wherever, whenever. You could put throw the Quest in a in a in a bag with the two controllers and walk out the door and then go into someone else's house and just like set up the guardian thing really quick and start playing. And when those people came over two years ago, they fell in love with Beat Saber. Like they tried it and they were like, wow, this is amazing. I got to buy this. Where do you get it? And I told them straight up, knowing them both, knowing that they were not tech literate, knowing that it, that they were going to have to get a computer. Uh, they were going to have to get, get multiple sensors. They were going to have to set up their space. Uh, they were going to have to do this giant setup. And I knew that it was not going to work for them. And I said, look, guys, look, if you want to play this, you can come over here. This is pre-COVID. Um, you can come over here, but don't get this. It's just too complicated for you. Like, look how long it took me to set up tonight. It's not going to work. Now, the Quest 2, I would tell them in a heart. I'm like, yeah, buy that right off. You can you can buy it. You get it. You set it up so easy. The setup is so easy. I went through the tutorial. They've streamlined so much stuff. Um, it's really insane. And the hand tracking is magical. And again, like we glossed over it, but it's like you put up your hands and because there's a camera on front on the front now, they've worked some sort of technological magic where they can see your fingers in VR. You're not holding anything and they see your hands in VR. And once they start 
fully implementing this into games and there's only a couple of games that support it there's like a tai chi game and a couple of other things like it's going to be insane like the, the, being able to pick up things and like move move like the the touch controllers i've always been a huge fan of and they're great as guns and they're great as um you know uh swords and a, a couple of things but they're not they're not hands you know you can't move your fingers like you can on the index controllers and some of the other other controllers that are out there but man hand tracking is out of this world that was a mind-blowing thing as well so with the hand tracking with the better resolution with the fact that i'm i'm completely untethered uh and that i can set up anywhere i can just pop it in my bag i can link it to my pc like i'm, I'm loving this thing i played it every night um uh since i've got it more or less i don't play it that long because it's demanding um you know it's not like it's not super relaxing but the the other thing i will say and you'll see this in a lot of oculus quest 2 things and i'm going to look into a new strap for the headset is because there is a computer in it now which there wasn't before there's much more pressure um mm -hmm. on the front and weight on the front and it's honestly fairly uncomfortable fairly quickly so i'm going to look to to find ways to remedy that because the other the old oculus rift was definitely not like that. I could wear it for for quite some time. But when I start playing Half Life Alex and some of these other games, I want to uh, be able to play them for longer than like the half hour that I'm using the the, the Quest to now. Yeah, I remember when I started using the Quest, the it is much heavier, so it's a lot front more front heavy, and it feels like it's kind of either, you either have to have it. It this is gonna sound weird and maybe a little um, derogatory, but. Uh, I found that you had to go on. I had to go on YouTube to find out how to properly wear the Quest, and I don't know if the Quest Two is similar, but there really is like a trick to wearing it. Like it's the the headset strap is designed in a way to sort of again, it could be different with the Quest Two, but with the Quest, you had to have it sort of cradle the back of your head, and then that that um sort of placement helped to offload. The front end weight of the the screens and the device and the, and the processing power and it helps a little bit um i know the quest 2 has a specific accessory from oculus i think it's like the elite strap or whatever and it and it is supposed to help with that but it is an additional cost um but you know try again it sounds silly but look look up some guides on how to wear it and i really think like it's not like the rift where you just kind of like slap it on and it's good to go because that was very the rift was very much it had like sort of the back part you tightened it and it wasn't very heavy in the front so it really didn't matter if you weren't wearing it correctly it was just like adjust it so it's not blurry basically but the quest in the quest 2 is a little different because it's more front heavy they've done a little more design in the strap to kind of try to offload that but if you're not wearing it just so you really do feel it like in the bridge of your nose or on, on your forehead. But essentially with the quest, you want to kind of have it create like the strap cradling, you know, the, the depending on your head, is how your head is structured, but underneath like sort of the base of the skull, just kind of like cradling there and using that to hold some of the weight and then having, um, having it sort of rest. I find I, I have it resting above, like on the eyebrow line and that's where most of the pressure is going. So it's really just kind of like sandwiching your head, but you're right. It takes a while to get used to, and it takes a while to get it just so. But I find once you get a little more time with it, and you you're wearing it properly, like it, you can go a little bit longer uh, and play some more intensive games without. Um, without yeah, I'm yourself. gonna. 
I'm going to look into, uh, there are some sort of straps that are designed or made, made to accommodate and even to add a counterweight. I'm going to look into yeah, some of that Yeah, counterweights stuff. for sure was another one. I, th- I think I, the Oculus I, Lee, yeah. I just feel like I'm going to run uh, these searches on these YouTube videos and uh, I'll, I'll find some and then Facebook or, or Google will send me pop-up ads for the next 10 years about like how to wear pants, you know, uh, watch this video, <laughs> See? how to put on a shirt. I knew you, uh, you were know, gonna, like, I knew you were gonna go that route, but I'm serious. I'm serious. These know, things no. are. Uh, no, uh, no, I know. Yeah, I, are, I, you're right. I have been getting ads on how to put pants on, and it's very yeah. frustrating and demeaning. And um, uh, yeah, Ryan's like, I've almost got it figured out by look, now. Just, um, just load it in a private. Start your VPN. Load it in a private bo- yeah. browser so that, that you're not tracked, or use use a a, a, a browser that isn't uh, that isn't trying to track you. Like, I mean, if you're using Chrome, essentially you're hand- handing that over to Google on a silver platter. Like, yeah, hey Google, take my info. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, you should be using Firefox. What are you doing? Um, duck, duck, go, buddy. Remember, I talked about this. Oh well, then you're um, fine. What are you worried about? Um, yeah, the Elite Strap is uh, eighty bucks Canadian. Ergonomic strap increases balance and support with a quick eighty bucks. Dude, Holy this is crap. where they get you on the accessories. That cable you bought was a hundred, was it not? No, I got it on sale for like forty bucks. But forty bucks for a cable is still a lot of money. That's pretty good. Mine was a hundred, so yeah. You well, we're not all Ryan Murphy's um, pools well, in you our know backyard. That hundred dollar cable, it sits in my desk. So yeah, for sure, you got to get it. You got to. Oh my god, never mind. Tr- the cable's a hundred and ten dollars. Jeez. So. Um, the one thing I do, I will say though, and I, is that I'm trying to because I do consider 400 bucks like it's it's pricey. But if we continue to be in this pandemic situation, I'm exploring like these social social games. And if anybody has any ideas of like, I want to get my friends to buy these things to buy this because um, I have been in games in even video game lobbies where where you're you're kind of like in a virtual space with other people and it feels like it's not the same as them being there but you kind of like they're moving and they're moving like they move in real life because it's tracking motion and um you know everybody's chatting and if you get close you hear them better if you get far away you, you don't and i know there's there's board games and there's other things and so i'm looking for the best experiences that i can convince my meathead friends to be like hey guys I miss you guys. I never see you. It, we can't get together in real life right now. Can we get together in a virtual space um, and, you know, uh, play a virtual board game or a, what? I think we're close to being there. When I use the Oculus Rift, I'm like, uh, the Oculus Quest 2, I'm like, man, uh, you know, if everybody I knew had this, I think that we could do some cool shit. But obviously, I'm the, you know, there's very few people that have it. I have one friend on my friend's list. And guess who it is? Here's a hint, Ryan Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> and I, 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 you know, it's I, I charged the, I plugged the Quest in the other day, charged it, and I've got some pretty good experiences. Um, say what you will about Facebook and whatnot, but I don't know if I don't know what it is, but they'll send me like fourteen dollar credits every four months for the Oculus Store, and I'll just go in and use them to buy like Beat Saber DLC. Sometimes I'll buy. I think I bought Tetris Effect one time and and i i've got a i've built up a pretty good collection of games on on the quest and um it's just a matter of finding the time but but honestly the the way the guardian system works and the way you can just kind of paint your paint your area and just go it, it works so well i mean like you it's been so long um 
since I've I've done the wireless streaming from the PC, I'd probably have to set that up all over again, which I remember doing it once, and it's it's not uh, it's not an easy thing. It really is unfortunate that Oculus kind of blocked the um, uh, uh, virtual desktop streaming, so that you have to go through like a developer kit. You're not technically jailbreaking or breaking rules. You're kind of side you are side loading content, but it you're right. It doesn't feel. Um, it feels outside of the experience for sure, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, Oculus is working on something for 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 sort of uh, bringing streaming to to the to the mass market. But um, I think the issue was is is it's so hard to it, it's so hard to do in a way that is consistent. So it's hard to market it as a, as a part of the product. And I think that's why they're holding off on it, but. Hopefully we get it. We get an official version soon. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you're digging the quest too, and you're still getting used to it. But hopefully that yeah, and now comes in handy. Yeah, that's it. I'm gonna check that because I actually dropped Half Life Alex at one point. Like I, it was one of these things where like I was pretty far in it. It's scary as shit. I knocked one of my sensors, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to set this up. And the other thing is the load times. My PC is you know no spring chicken. We're taking forever. Now I have it installed on an SSD. I've got a new headset. I'm willing to I'm I'm looking forward to jumping back in. So I will and I will have updated impressions. Uh we can have Crofton's Oculus Quest 2 discussion corner segment featuring Ryan Murphy. True. Uh and uh and that's what we'll do moving forward. Ryan, what are what are uh what are you up to in the dungeon life? Well, I've got a new TV show to recommend to everybody. Um I uh as everyone knows, I have a video game podcast, gamersinpodcast.com. So, I mean, I could come on here and talk about the games I'm playing, but I but I do that already once a week, and I like to I like to talk about new stuff that I don't get to talk about elsewhere. So, uh I've been watching a new show. It's called Alien Resident. It's on CTV Sci-Fi in Canada. It's on Sci-Fi for uh for our American listeners, and it's based on a Dark Horse comic. And the reason I'm watching it is, I'm going to be honest with you, purely because Alan Tudyk plays the main character. Um, you know, Wash from uh, Firefly, he's the robot in um, uh, Rogue One, he's uh, he's in Frozen. I mean, Alan Tudyk, you know who I'm talking about. And Who is he in Frozen? He's, uh, he's one of the, he's like the weird sounding guy from Weaselton or something. He puts on oh. an accent at the very. It's 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 throughout Frozen One, and he's like it's kind of a weasel because he's from Weaselton. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Look it up. Um. So yeah, Alien Resonant is the show where it's a sci-fi show. Essentially, what happens is an alien crashes on Earth, kills Alan Tudyk, or the character who's playing Alan Tudyk, pretty quickly, and takes over his body and is now stuck on Earth. Uh, hiding in plain sight as this human being and there's a murder and he is obviously he's an alien so he's very quirky he's trying to fit in but he doesn't really understand humanity and that's sort of the whole joke but it's kind of a it's like a it's like a dark sci-fi show where he's he's very much all about murder and mayhem but he's trying to keep a low profile because he's he's um his ship has crashed and he's trying to he's trying to get off earth and he can't do that until he fixes his ship um and he's got another mission and he's got some ulterior motives in there and yada yada but it's very well done it's very i find it very funny it's got alan tudyk as the main character and um yeah it's it's great stuff and the effects are really good too like i think tv has come a long way 
especially sci-fi. I mean, you know, you used to be able to look at a sci-fi show and be like, oof, that's rough stuff. But um, the him as an alien looks really great. Like they've really done up uh, the CG and prosthetics and stuff. So it looks really good. But most of the time he is he is appearing as Alan Tudyk in, in all of his wild glory. So uh, yeah, it's it's really, it's a good distraction. It's really funny. Um, and I had not read the comics, so I'm coming in fresh. Uh, but yeah, it's it's super great and a, and a good a good time. And it's fu- it's funny. It's got a whole crazy cast of characters. Like it's the small town, and I think Colorado or whatever. So uh, he's he's a fish out of water type story. It's it's really good. I highly recommend it. Who plays the main character? Uh, this is a little guy, a little well known character actor named Alan Tudyk. You may oh, remember Alan him oh, no. uh, from, from that from, failed yeah. DC show where he played um, he played Bruce Wayne's cousin. I don't know if you watched that. No, <laughs> it was pretty. Okay. Is that true? Yeah, I'm not joking. Yeah. What was it called? It was. Um, I liked it because it had the guy from Community. It had Ron Funches, which was a, a very is is a very funny comedian. Um, gosh, what was it called? It was a. It was a DC. They worked for like an insurance company that would. Are you, hand, hmm? What are you pulling my leg? I'm an not. Insur- it's an insurance insurance company TV show. What is it? What was it called? It was Ugh. like. It was. Um. Of course, it's not gonna. It's bringing up District of Columbia. Um. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Powerless. Yeah. That that is what it was called. It was called Powerless. Had Vanessa Hudgens, Danny Pudi, Alan Tudyk. Uh, who played? Uh, Never seen it. He or played Van it. Wayne. He played Bruce Wayne's cousin. There was only twelve episodes. It was one season, but man, it was funny. It was good stuff. I mean, it did have Alan Tudyk, Danny Pudi, and um, uh, Ron Funches, which made it really good. But it was, it was unique. And yeah, uh, I don't know. It was funny. So, yeah, if I one. wanted to stream this show, how how do I stream it? What uh, I have no TV. Yeah, it, this is one of the things, and I had this conversation with Lou, um, my co-host on Zamp, about this. Sci-fi is kind of notorious for not really having anything streaming uh, unless you have a cable subscription. Now, I, I still have cable, so I have uh, CTV Sci-Fi. But right, um, okay. yeah, it's it's unfortunately one of those shows that is, I'll recommend it and say it's really good, and it's got Alan Tudyk as the main character, but... If you don't have a cable subscription, it is kind of tough to get get your hands on. But I, but I could see this thing coming um, to Netflix. Maybe you know, scroll it away and you're in like a spreadsheet or something. Come back to it once it comes to streaming. But uh, it's it's really good. If you if you are in the states though, I believe that Sci-Fi has the first three episodes on their YouTube channel, so you can check it out that way. But of course, that doesn't help my co-host, who is a huge fan of Alan Tudyk because he <laughs> he saw all of his work. I do like Alan Tudyk, and one thing that I like about him, uh, one thing I feel is that he's like a, a prominent voice actor and mm-hmm. cameo and scene stealer, but is never really, or I can't think of many times he's been at the front or the lead of a series, and so I, or a movie for that matter. So I think that that this is a great opportunity uh, for him, and I think that he will he will make the the most of it. I could see it being a hard sell, and I'll tell you why, just because. It sounds like a, a mix between something that my wife would like, which is the small town show. She loves mm-hmm. small town shows. 
Northern Exposure, Gilmore Girls, you, you name it. She loves those. And then the alien thing, which is going to appeal to likely a different demographic, like that would put her off probably. She'd be like, oh, he's an alien. Oh, yeah, yeah not this, sure is a, that, you know? this is a Ryan show. And, and I'll say this. Uh, I, I I think you're you're spot on. Um, I think Jess and Ashley have have a lot in common when it comes to their you know TV shows and stuff. But Ashley probably wouldn't go for it. Like small towns, interesting. You know the 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 way the town works and the relationships and the characters there. She dig all that. But there is this grotesque alien that shows up a lot. So it's kind of one of those things where it'll it might pull you out of uh, out of the show. Um, in that case, I, I mean, early on, I, I, there's this tone to the show that kind of threw me off, but I've kind of come around on it in that the alien, like the trailers play it up as like, ooh, you know, um, this alien fish out of water, he's stuck in this town and he's trying to make his best to sort of keep his secret. The trailers played up that way. But when you watch the show very early on for scenes, the alien crash lands, he comes to this like remote cabin, sees Alan Tudyk chilling on a couch. They fight. And he literally like kills Alan Tudyk by throwing him into a lake. And I'm like, oh, this is the tone of the show. The alien's coming in hot, very upset with humanity. And he is stuck there, but stuck there after murdering uh, a human being, the first human being he sees. Uh, later on, you find out that he's there for a very specific reason, which makes um, his hostility make more sense. Uh, but it was it kind of threw me off at first because Alan Tudyk is this beloved character actor who who loves everybody and loves everything, and 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 we all love him. But then suddenly you see his alien version just straight up murder um, Alan Tudyk, and it's just a little it was a little hard to swallow at first. But then I came back around on it once he turned into Alan and he looked more like Alan Tudyk as opposed to an alien. So um, yeah, it was it, it's really good. It's funny. The effects hold up. And um, there's there's a lot of uh, interesting things in the show that that I haven't seen done in a sci-fi show before, like how the alien can sort of obviously this has been done before the alien can shapeshift, but there's like I guess there's like a a, a one in a thousand chance of uh, a human being being able to see through that change, and like one of you know the, obviously in a small town it's like oh there's it'll never happen but there is like a little kid who can see his through his disguise so he'll be occasionally like walking down the street and this kid will see him and like freak out and run away and everyone's like that kid's crazy but uh there's there's some really interesting stuff in the show and i i if you do if you are able to watch sci-fi or or get to that channel or get to the content i highly recommend checking it out it's it's different it's different from all the other stuff that's happening and it's nice to watch tv that reminds you that there's still you know there are still shows being shot and it's not all just uh this is us um sp on a special episode of you know shooting in a pandemic and all that stuff so i there's just not a lot of new tv going on right now so and this is good stuff well, when when it's canceled after thirteen episodes, and I know. Go straight, Don't even and then remind go, me. <laughs> and go straight to Netflix afterwards for a brief run. I'll watch it then, well, and be like, Ryan, you were right. I should have watched this so it didn't get canceled, but too late. Um, well, I mean, let's be honest. Like the way these shows work, me watching it, even watching it on CTV Sci Fi, is not helping or or uh, what what is probably doing more. Uh, good for the show is by talking about it here than me just tuning in because 
those metrics don't really i don't think I. that's I, true I metrics, you're, but... you're giving them the murphy rub for sure i'm trying to you know it's what was it um there's a guy at work i used to, he used to ask me for my opinions on things and then he coined uh a murph's must and i'm like okay sure i'll take it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh alien resident is a murph's must just like a uh, oculus quest is a cross corner i don't know i had something and i lost it croft's corner selection no, golden selection in premier oh yeah like cross crofton's crofton's mm. choice yeah okay there you go crofton's like, crofton's commendation yeah and then if it's a bad thing it'd be it can be the cross crust or something and we can use that one that was obviously really well thought out um, um yeah. yeah it's good stuff before, uh check it out what do you got are you playing avengers still did you finish it are you waiting uh, for me to play with you what's going on no i did i actually did finish the avengers game on ps4 ps4 pro and um it, it uh it's funny just uh that the game is so funny um in that like I'm not going to rehash all my thoughts from last week, which still very much hold up the, the concept that it is a very good, you know, th- be it Thor game, Iron Man game, Captain America game, all of these sort of things. It has a great story campaign. And then in there is also merged this other stuff. Like you can read all, all everything the reviews say are true. And there is a big fluctuation between them. Eights, and maybe even a nine out of 10 and the sixes and fives out of 10. And it's because it's all about what you value and how much you're bothered by the stuff. And uh, I really like, I finished the campaign and I've loaded it back up and there's still content to engage with. I did a couple of things and then I put it away and I said, okay, I think I'm done here. And you know what? That's fine. And I think, I really got value. I got a fun Avengers story. I got, um, you know, I didn't get sick of the gameplay by the end. No, I didn't unlock anything, everything. Yes, there's still a ton more to do, but it's, it, I got what I, I got what I needed. And I thought about it as like, I think about how entitled we are as gamers and how it was a big release and there was a big buildup to it. But the idea that I would used to go to Blockbuster and rent a game and, um, and for the weekend and it would be a big deal and i'm like oh man i don't know if this is going to be good or maybe maybe i had some inkling but i only have for the weekend and would i be able to you know finish the campaign or have a fun time um and uh and somewhere along the line with the no more blockbusters uh and uh the way that the economy works now these games as a service have taken over the idea that every game has to be this massive insane time sink um and avengers has that there and it's poorly done almost everything about it um the 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 uh like it's just so confusing i still don't understand the the loot systems the cosmetics and all of that stuff that the, there's eight different currencies of things that don't like i don't understand any of that but the reality is you don't need to there's a button to auto equip the best stuff um you whatever i just hit it every so often and i continued with my campaign missions and when i finished the campaign i was like man that was a heartfelt story really cool characters got their moments and stuff um everything i i I criticized last time i still stand by but it's a great it is a great game it's just got a lot of fat on it a lot of crap on it and if you go in with the right mindset you can have a really good time with it um so you know and i only played it single player and honestly like 
you know, Ryan, I'm not even that tempted to play multi- like like I I guess it would be kind of fun to chat with your friends while you're beating the crap out of robots, but like I mean it would get old fast. I don't see it as much of a, a multiplayer experience, really. Yeah. Um you know it it was more I think I approached the game the same way you did in that uh, I, I really enjoyed the game more when I was playing by myself with AI components. Sometimes it would force multiplayer on you. And anytime that happened, it always got in the way of what I was playing that game for, which was a good Marvel game with a good Marvel story. And I think if you are interested in the post campaign content, having some friends to play with would make things more interesting because after the campaign ends, it really does boil down to let's just, you know, have a slap fight with a bunch of Marvel enemies and it's rinse, repeat, right? To to get more gear, to access more missions that are just a bunch of checklists. Um, but that being said, I think the campaign content is really worth playing. And um, you, you have the Kate Bishop missions in there. We talked about that last episode. But uh, since our last episode, they announced that there's going to be a, a what they call a war table, which is their video presentations they do for the game. And they're going to be detailing the next batch of content coming, uh, which is all based on uh, Clint Barton, the original. Or I don't know if it's the original Hawkeye, but the Hawkeye, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's um, Hawkeye. I don't give a shit. So here's the thing. <laughs> You're waiting for <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> well, no, well anyway. it's... It is true. Uh, like when Spider-Man is added, like I play pretty much every Spider-Man video game, I will load it up to play Spider-Man. And I already, as I'm playing the game, I've thought about like how Spider-Man would function in the environments that they've set up. And I'm like, okay, I see how they would do this. Um, but that said, like Hawkeye could not care less. I, uh, same with Kate Bishop. I know she's on there. Uh, I don't know. Like she seems to be free. Like I didn't have to pay for her. She, I don't know yeah, I all to- the heroes are going to be free. Okay, well, that is a re- that is really nice, and maybe when enough content comes in that it feels like that there's like a whole sequel of a game, or there's like a, then then I, I I'd be interested to jump back in, and I don't mean to come down hard on this game because again I think the media has done enough of that. Um, it's really a it's really got a, a great game in there if if you know where to look, and the the combat design and and how it plays feels really good most of the time. Um, like I. It's, you know, you spot when I got Captain America on my team, uh, I was like, oh man, he feels like he feels good. And like, then I switched to Thor. I'm like, he feels good too. But like, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're all different. And it really, uh, it really is uh, well crafted in that regard. It's just got a lot of bloat on it. Last thing, and this um, is it, we were looking for a game to play cooperatively, um, my friends and I. And I'm not, not sure. That we're going to stick with it, but we're leaning and we did one session of No Man's Sky, which I had never played before. And um, oh, we I, I played it on Game Pass for PC. Uh, so my first thoughts on, on that game, it has a, you know, it's everybody knows the story of No Man's Sky. I'm not going to repeat it about the, the game that expectations insanely high floundered at launch has redeemed itself. Now everybody loves it sort of deal. Uh, but I got to say, it is really impressive. Like, I know that playing a game like that is, is 
uh, hard. It's really obtuse. Like as much as my friend Bo keeps like saying, oh, it's really accessible. I'm like, it's it's perhaps the most complicated game I've ever played in many ways. They do a good way of a good job of streamlining their systems. But there is a lot of MMOE type stuff like you need to craft this, find this much resource to craft this thing, to build this thing. Uh, and that kind of blows. Um, but it is kind of fun doing that while chilling out with your friends. Uh, and that's what we did uh, the first time. And it does some really cool things. Like when you leave the atmosphere on the ship and you're like in space and you, you can go kind of anywhere and everything's procedurally generated, but it doesn't really feel like that when you're there. It's like, oh, this this is all like it, it's mind blowing sometimes thinking that this is all just being pulled out of the ether, but it's amazing uh, a lot of the time. And like that you can, you know, terraform the ground and, and uh, you know, graphics have improved so much that like, you know, I've, I've got my, my really nice new monitor and it's full screen and high resolution and it's almost, it's chugging a bit, but it looks, it looks amazing. So I'm hoping that I, I stick with it. I tried to play it a bit by myself after they left, continue with my game. Uh, and it, it didn't hold my interest solo because it's just like I'm crafting and I got to find this resource. I'm on a toxic planet and now I got to, you know, it, it was a bit slow, but I am going to see if I can find a way to hook up the, the, the Oculus and play it in VR. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I hear uh, really good things about that game in in VR. I think you would uh, you would enjoy the, that experience. I, you know, honestly, I haven't played No Man's Sky since maybe their first big update. I, I remember pre-ordering it on the PlayStation 4 and then it having its big sort of blow up at launch. Um, and uh, it, it's come a long way since then. I really do. I really should revisit it. I know it's on Game Pass, so I could easily play it on um, my Xbox One X if I wanted to play it on, on better hardware. But uh, it's come a long way. And I think, and I could, I guess I could try it on VR as well since I have the equipment, but um yeah and we could play together if we if we could find the time to to sort out uh you know there you go if you want to do a virtual sort of uh experience with your friends especially if bo's already asking you to play with him like there you yeah go. he was the one who hard sold me on it he was like oh it's gonna be really relaxing you see it's super simple you'll jump right in it took like by the time we were done playing that evening three hours which is a lot for me yeah i uh there was no, we weren't out of tutorial lands. Let's now imagine just you just the, playing that in VR too. Imagine how that three hours would have flown, flown by. You oh your face probably would have fallen off though. That's, yeah, it would have melt, would have melted. That's true. Your face um, off. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Um, I lots of video game talk. Uh, but before we jump out of here for the evening, we gotta head into the diapers. Joey, wake up. Buddy. I can't cook. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get real bumpers at some point. <laughs> what what are these things? <laughs> so these these are from um the latest uh the latest movie that we watched for Zombies Ate My Podcast uh called uh, Necropolis. I I do not recommend you watch that movie, but I do recommend you listen to Zombies Ate My Podcast. It's really good um yeah we'll get we'll get dungeons and diapers uh bumpers and i, and I can hear crofton he's making this face skeptical face so we'll see how that goes um in the diapers section we are going to talk about our family lives and all that fun stuff parenting um 
I I had a, a moment with virtual learning with Caden these past few weeks that was uh, really interesting. As we've discussed a couple times on this show, uh, a lot of people are doing virtual learning just due to the pandemic. Caden has had some preschool experience, um, but not really the full school experience. And I know we've chatted about how uh, Gwen was you know, forced to stay home from school to do virtual learning when the schools were closed, and that was really hard for her. And I think one thing that's benefited Caden is he's not, he doesn't really, he, I don't think he fully understands what, what he's missing out on in terms of a real uh, school year. And I, and, I, and I know a real school year is different from what's actually going on in schools now with, you know, cohorts and social distancing and stuff. But um, during this time when everyone was, was home uh, and, and in the virtual learning, there were some new kids that jumped into the class. One of which Caden uh, really got along with. They would kind of hang out in between sessions, and they would like play with their toys and stuff. Um, he found out that this kid was going into real, real class, and it was one of those moments where he's like, "Well, if if this kid's allowed to go into school, why am I not allowed to go into school?" It's like, "Oh, well, we're, you know, it was hard to explain, but really, it boiled down to like we've decided to do the virtual learning." Uh, his parents have decided to to allow him to go into class because they feel it's safe to and they're able and and it's easier for them um, to do it that way. Uh, but we're going to continue virtual learning. Like I think Caden's starting to get the idea that um, you know virtual learning really isn't. It's it's not it's different. I think it's still great. It's still okay. Like they've made the best of it. We've been very lucky to have some really good teachers on our side. But I I really like Ashley and I have really discussed, like, I think come September, especially since Abigail's also going to be old enough to go to school. I think in September, we are going to look at where we are in terms of COVID and probably decide like we should, we're going to put them into school. And cause I, I mean, it'd be so hard to imagine having two kindergarten classes running in the basement <laughs> while trying to get work done. Um, but I think come September, I think it'll, things will be a lot smoother you know because they are saying we're supposed to have like all canadians should be able to get a vaccine by september if they you know choose to so i mean obviously your kids are in class and and you're doing well and stuff and they're doing well but um i'm well, really yeah yeah i mean gwen's Claire's at daycare and Gwen's in, in class. So uh, in Ontario, we had a shutdown. We're still in shutdown. It's going to next week, supposedly open up a little bit. But school in some areas was were reopened, including ours. And uh, we sent, you know, we sent Gwen back. And they seem to be doing really great. And honestly, the the you know, the mental health difference it makes for our entire family is huge not that it was bad like Gwen's teacher's amazing she did great uh but it, it essentially involved you know me being a teacher's assistant in the morning not being able to to have meetings and being able to pu push off my work and and also we never you know we're now we now have the house to ourselves right uh when the kids go um like we're, we're going into a four-day weekend so I'm I'm lucky a family day in Ontario on Monday and then tomorrow it's a PD day which means that school is closed the daycare is also closed so my wife and I are taking it off uh, so we're going to be off four days I'm not thinking that those four days are going to be restful I'm not foolish I know that they're going to be tiring taking care of the kids and stuff now the days where I work I'm also like you know 
we have that that's the only time like we're only adults in the house and it makes it it makes it difference like i was able to do a couple of things this past week around the house that i did really little things i just been putting off and um I think for, for, you know, we were able to go out and I picked up lunch at one point, like, uh, and I brought it back and, uh, it was just like, we had like sort of a lunch, my wife and I together, and I was able to go for a walk. And I mean, there's there just, just, um, it's just, it feels like it's been better for us, uh, with, with, and Gwen obviously likes being in class better doing gym with her friends they've changed it now it used to be masks were optional for grade oneers now it's uh they have to wear masks all day um but gwen seems to be you know it's not seemingly a, a, an issue for her um and so yeah so far so so good on that i i think if you guys are are trying to decide my experience my experience with gwen school and all that has been that it it's been good you know it's there's be no breakouts or incidents at the school yes we recognize we're taking a risk but it comes with the all the benefits that i mentioned so i mean it, it it's a risk that we feel is worth taking yeah oh i i i don't uh besmirch anyone who's who's decided to send their kids in i i think everyone's situation is different and i think we're lucky enough well we've we've discussed it on the show i i was uh you know, I was lucky enough to be on parental leave for the year. So even in September when Caden was starting, and don't get me wrong, the start of virtual learning for Caden was a lot of work. It was tough, but I could devote 100% of my time to it while also helping out with uh, Abigail and, and Isabel while Ashley, with Ashley at the house too. So we were all, we were all there focused 100% on family. And that makes a difference even when I went back to work. I think Caden is really funny enough i never really thought about it um you know my knowledge of how kids function is is kind of locked in with the ages i have in the house uh and maybe maybe a year ahead and a year behind type thing as i sort of retain and try to gain knowledge as they grow up but caden is very independent when it comes to virtual learning he's got it down you give him his tablet he can turn it on he can navigate to class you just have to point him in the right direction for the links because the teachers don't make that kid friendly they just they send it. It's again not their fault, but it's uh, it's like a huge Google Doc, even more convoluted than our notes. Um, and Jordan's been on the show, and he can he he will be able to confess that our notes are are very uh, well organized. Um, but yeah, he's he's got it down. But I I still believe though that Caden Caden would do fine. He could do fine with another year of virtual learning. But I think Abby would really benefit from that social aspect of school. I think Caden would also really benefit from it. But again, like. No, they're not going to remember. I don't think they're going to remember this. They're going to remember the next decade of their lives as they're in school every every weekday and probably hate it, you know, uh, once they get old enough. But I, I think come September, um, you know, obviously we're thinking a little forward and, and I'm not naive. COVID will still be around. It'll still be a thing. There will still be protective measures in place, physical distancing, masks, all that stuff, but the kids are good with masks. Both Caden and Abigail will wear masks. Do I think the teachers are going to have to remind them to put them back on or stop touching their face? Of course, they're in kindergarten, grade one, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I think we're getting there, and I think Caden is really looking forward to it. And he's asked a couple times about going in into class, you know, in person and stuff. But the teacher has made it like really good, and um, he's really enjoying it. Like they have this. 
they do like different things and you know you'll tell him about something on the schedule he'll get really excited um his drawing skills have really improved it's crazy you know when he started you could barely get him to write anything now he's doing like words and letters and and he's drawing he did a drawing today it was like he was supposed to draw a cat and i looked over and it's like that looks like a real cat dude like that's really good it's it's insane how much he's progressed so again like anybody who's on the other side of it anyone who's kind of like poo-pooing virtual learning it is possible for these teachers to teach you know even at the at the lowest grades like through a tablet it's not ideal but like i think caden's a good example of it actually functioning when you have the right technology in combination with the right teacher so uh he's it's going really well but again he is he's definitely looking forward to um to go into class and I, I think september is what we're looking at as long as everything continues to trend in a in a positive direction with the pandemic for sure uh so you you are you frustrated that march break is postponed like that that is obviously going to affect you guys they, they announced no, today yeah no uh i'm not i'm not overly frustrated in the sense that um i i you know we're just getting back to to this new routine and uh you know I, like i'm we're having a four-day weekend this weekend um and it, it that's going to be obviously well needed but we J- jesse and i have only so much leave that we can take uh and we've taken a lot over the course of the you know the pandemic to manage things um and so you know now now even by bumping march break into the next fiscal year um the way it works in my job is your leave balances refill themselves uh on april 1st and stuff so that it it just gives us more tools to play with we'll likely be able to to manage a little bit better because of that so i i'm not too i'm not too fussed about it really and i i think that for for gwen who is barely just got back in the classroom to then be like okay now you're off for a week would just be (laughs) You know, like a little a much. Speaking of Gwen, I just wanted to, to mention uh, because we we've gone at least five minutes without talking about a video game. Um, that, <laughs> yeah, bring uh, it back, bring it back. That uh, I've been uh, playing Zelda Breath of the Wild with Gwen, and uh, long listeners, long time listeners may remember I tried to play that with her once before. We didn't get too too uh, far. I think she might have been a little too young for it at the time. Um, I played uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu with Gwen, and she really liked that. That was our last game that we played. It has a great co-op mode. By the end of it, I wanted to gouge my eyes out. I could not play that game anymore. It's just, like, at its core, it's a remake of a Game Boy game, so it's simplified mechanics. A Game Boy game for children. And, like, you know, it was good at first, but then by the end, and she's like, we we beat the boss and we're still collecting stuff. There's really no objectionable content though. Cause in Zelda, you're like beating up monsters and stuff with items you find all over the place. And it's not overly violent, but we have a th- almost a three-year-old who likes looking at the screen. And now we're cognizant of what we're doing at the time when she's in the room. Whereas with Pokemon, it's just like, you got Pokemon lined up. And they do their moves and whatever. But I was so glad. I was like trying to sell Gwen on a different game. But Breath of the Wild is great because she's a little bit scared and doesn't want to play it, but really likes the puzzles and likes solving it and loves exploring and adventures. But she really loves cooking. And so, well, I hate cooking, uh, both in real life and in the game. And so when I get to these cooking areas, I'll just give her the controller 
and go to the washroom and then come back maybe with the snack. She'll be telling me about her recipes. I'll be like, yeah, tell me more. And, uh, and she'll do all the cooking that I want. I don't care what she does. She can make any, she loves making potions and different things. And she likes other things like the taming of the horses and just different, different things that, that, um, gentle, gentle stuff, like the dyeing of clothes, uh, or, or upgrading clothes and different things. Uh, a lot of the things that she would like in animal crossing. And honestly, I find it, I was thinking about animal crossing, the Zelda cooking system should be integrated into animal crossing. I do not know why animal crossing does not have some sort of cooking, but I really do think that it would go like if they want to get people in or, or longer or have something to do, add that as an update, like pots or stoves or whatever. That's a new type of crafting bench and you can make food that really does nothing except looks different. But, uh, but man, Gwen would eat that up literally. Yeah. Oh, she'd love that. Now, is it the, like the cooking mini game, in breath of the wild is it just the fact that every time you combine a bunch of stuff and it produces like a weird blurry image is that also one of her th- favorite things because no she hates my... that she does oh no but breath of the wild i'm not sure if you guys remember the cooking system in breath of the wild the way that it works it plays this little musical ditty <laughs> yeah. where it goes and you don't know what's going to happen and there's really about three outcomes. One is a go or whatever. And then there's black smoke that comes out and you end up with dubious food. Uh, and Gwen is so like, you see her, she's like leaning forward. She's riveted by the music. She's like, Oh, is it going to make the bad music? You know? Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> and then, and then there's the regular sort of good da, 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 or whatever, good music. And then every once in a while, there'll be like an extra thing. Like it's a great dish and Link will hop up and pump his fist in the air. And uh, when that happens, she'll turn and look at me and be like, did you see that, daddy? Did you see that? It was a good one. I'm like, yeah, no, it was a was a good one for sure. So um, so she, so the way that they orchestrate it, instead of just it goes in the pot and then immediately gives you something, they 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 like play with your emotions a little bit. It does nothing for me, but it totally like it totally gets Gwen every time. And she's talks about recipes she's going to make or things she's going to do, you know, and she wakes up in the morning. She wants to talk about Zelda. Uh, my wife was telling we alternate on who walks her to school. It was my wife's turn this morning. And she talked to my wife the whole time about Zelda. And uh, I, I <laughs> when she came home, when she came home, she was like, yeah, thanks for that. But she was, also really happy because like it is the deep pan and we want stuff for our girls to look forward to and Gwen really like, she's gonna wake up tomorrow it's the weekend I'm gonna be able to play Zelda with daddy especially when Clara naps you know um and she, and yeah I and the added benefit is that I love it too the mm-hmm. downside is that I love it too much and want to play it when she goes to bed, but now cannot. So like last night I was like, you know, I do the Oculus for a bit and I'm like, oh, what's a game on the couch? Oh, I'd really like to play Zelda. Oh, I should wait for Gwen. Oh, you know, don't want to go. Maybe I could just go around and do a couple of things. No, I should wait for Gwen. Um, you know, so it's it's really, a, it is really a, that, you know, that good a game. People lavish praise on Breath of the Wild. I played it through on Wii U almost to the end, but I never actually completed it. And now I have the version with all the expansions and all everything on, on the Switch. And um, 
I had replayed the beginning with Gwen once upon a time, and we've just passed the point kind of where we were before. And I'm already experiencing content I've never experienced before. And as I'm playing it, like I went to this island where they strip you of all your gear and you have to do oh, all this stuff. That was a good one. It, yeah, I'd never done that before. And uh, we we were like, and Gwen was totally on board. She's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And uh, And I said, I don't know. Let's figure this out. So just like it is, you know, as soon as you have kids, like you think about these things that you can't wait to be doing with your kids. And for me, one of them is obviously playing a big adventure video game with with your kid and being like sharing these experiences. And, and this is like Breath of the Wild is that game. It's just made to be like you got a six, seven year old, eight year old, you know, and you're 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 sitting next to each other and you're going through it. And oh, this part's scary, dad, or whatever. You know, it's just it's 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 magical. So it, it is really great. We're having a good time with that. If if, the, if those of you who haven't heard of Zelda Breath of the Wild, it is a good <laughs> it is a good video game. Crofton's Corner gives it its commendation. Well, you know, if you're looking for something a little more modern, uh, well, actually, no, I was about to recommend um, actually tomorrow. Uh, well, as of as of the posting of this show, it will already be out. But uh, Super Mario 3D World uh, plus Bowser's Fury comes out um, on the Switch. And it would probably make a really great co-op game that you and Gwen could play at the same time um, because it's it's, you know, there's no camera control and uh you're just running around as mario luigi peach or toad and it can be played simultaneously simultaneous co-op so it might be something that uh that you guys could get a kick out of it's kind of like a more you know it's an isometric 3d version of those new super mario brothers games um and if you 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 had the wii u so you might have played it it's a remake of well it's a yeah Remaster, I played it. I we Gwen and I played it together on the Wii U. Oh, we well, have it. Go. We we have it. Also, I can't prove it. We'd have to go back in the show, but I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on this show before. Did you, you really? You, you memory vacant jerk. That doesn't but make no. sense though, because this show's only been around for two years, and the Switch has been around for quite a while. You... The 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 Switch? You mean the Wii U? No, well, the Switch the Switch has been around for a while. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about the uh, the Wii no, U I version. Know. I know. I'm just now. I'm just now. I'm, now you've got me thinking. Like, go back over the notes. You you'll find it. Trust me. I I got it. Um, oh, it maybe you played near... it late. Maybe you played it late. Oh, again, I played it late. Yeah, yeah, over really. Five late. years ago. So, I no, I played it. Um, like I bought a Wii U for Breath of the Wild because the Switch was sold out, and then. Uh, I got a bunch of games with it and that was one of them. And I tried playing it and it didn't really stick with me. It was only years later once Gwen got old enough and we finished Mario Odyssey that we, that I was oh. like, Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe this Mario game would be good. And honestly, it's a slow starter, but it is really good. Like, and for those of you who own a switch who do not own that game already, I say, get it. I can't justify getting it even with that Bowser's fury thing, because I own the game and I played it fairly recently on Wii U. And I know that the version and this is probably just moderately different. And, you know, I the Bowser's Fury thing is not enough for me to buy this thing. Yeah. Yet I, I he was says, hoping, <laughs> yeah, I was hoping the Bowser's Fury thing would be a bit more. I think I am going to buy it because I played it at launch, so it's been a while, and I think that, you know co-op will be easier without having to drag out a bunch of old controllers and stuff. But that is uh, that Bowser's Fury thing looks more looks more substantial than the other sort of DLC additions they've added. 
uh, to their sort of Wii U bump ups. But um, yeah, I think a lot of reviews are kind of saying like, eh, yeah, if you've experienced this on Wii U and and you liked it, then like this is very much a rehash of that. Well, I'm sorry that I forgot you talked about a five plus year old game on a two plus year old podcast. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you should feel bad. Well, um, I don't feel bad because uh, we've got an email here. Which is uh, which is here that I'm going to read. Crofton had to do homework, homework that he did and then probably forgot and then had to go do again before we started recording. And by homework, I mean go talk to his wife. Um, Dear Congressman Murphy and Steers, looking forward to the next term. Let's make podcasting great again. Uh, I forgot he wrote that. Uh, yeah, let's make podcasting great again. Um, someone get... Uh, um, what's Who are the serial people? NPR. Someone get NPR on the line. We're ready. We're ready. Sign us up. Uh, P.S. On the topic of potty training, I'm currently working on it with my daughter, who will be three in June. We started with no bottoms and timers on weekends to get her on the pot periodically. Lots of treats are involved. This weekend, we got her some underwear to wear and are working on her going slash asking on her own. That's always the tough part is like, you know, you can you can ask them every 15 minutes to get on the pot. But uh getting them to ask that's that's the whole other trick because as soon as you forget to ask them every 15 minutes that's when you got a mess on the floor uh i would be interested to hear how you would handle the overnight stuff hoping that it is in the sights for the coming months but also apprehensive about encouraging her to get out of bed at nighttime on her own since we have a good thing going and she stays in bed until we come to get her uh i'll save this next paragraph to you for for after your explanation so um, we discussed it last episode about potty training and, and I had shared that, uh, you know, our kids are, are still sleeping at night with diapers. Although I feel like, you know, with Caden, we could probably look to switching that over. Um, because Caden's really good. Like if he wakes up in the middle of the night or if he needs to go to the bathroom, um, if he's awake, he will go do it and then he will, he will go back to bed. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things where he he's right. If you got a good thing going, like with Abby, if you wake her up any time after three a.m., it's a gamble if you're going to get her back down to sleep. You know, because sometimes like she wakes up at four or five, and sometimes she's just up in her bed until until the until the sun raises. And she shares a room with Caden, so that's also a struggle. So if she's up, chances are she's going to wake Caden up, so she has someone to hang out with. Um, but you, you talked to, to Jess about your time sort of transitioning, uh, Gwen, who is, who is no longer in diapers and is sleeping through the night, um, without, without accidents. So how did, how did that go for you guys? It sounded like it went pretty quick though. So first off, who, who's writing here? Well, see, Neil is writing. I would have, I would have gotten to that. You know, it's funny. I started, I, I started out like, oh, this is an email from Neil, and then I forgot, and then I realized, ah, he signs it, Neil, so we'll just save it for the end. But yeah, it's Neil. Thank you, Neil, for emailing in. Oh, thank you very much, Neil. And I, I will just say um, that- I knew Crofton wouldn't be able to answer the email <laughs> without knowing who it was. Well, like, I got to know who I'm speaking to. Like, <laughs> if I was speaking to Ryan Murphy, I would speak to him a different way, like maybe with- <laughs> You know, less respect in my Ooh. voice than oh no. So uh, Neil, <laughs> oh that's brutal. Uh, and um, so I, I I spoke to my wife about this because I I honestly could not remember, and it turns out luckily it was for good reason. Um, so 
so Gwen, our our oldest, um, she so when she on her second birthday, um, was when was in August, and then in around Christmas she had started to uh, ask to she asked us she was like pulling at her diapers and asking to use the potty, uh, and so we pretty much like so it was you know she's about a little less than two and a half at that point. And then uh, we switched to to diapers. Uh, to to uh, we switched during the day. She she didn't wear uh, diapers, but she did at night. Uh, but then it was about another like close three four months before she all of a sudden told us that she did not wear want to wear her diapers to sleep. Um, and she made a big deal about it. She was like, they're for babies. I don't wear diapers. I know I, I don't like them. Um, and, uh, and so, so we said, okay, knowing that probably it was going to be a disaster. Uh, but, but what happened instead was not a disaster. Um, there was about two accidents total over the next few months. It was really, she, she nailed it most of the time, but she would go and she'd wake up in the night and she would go pee uh, on the pot on her potty. Um, the only downside was she would then wake us up to tell us that she did this. Um, and so I see that you're apprehensive about screwing up your nighttime routine. Well, this was the thing right now for me, it wasn't so bad because I sleep through mostly everything and it was not an issue, but for my wife, it was hugely annoying. Yes. And she would, and she's like, I can't believe you don't even remember this. And I was like, well, I, you know, I just slept, but, but for her, she would wake up and then she'd have a hard time getting back to sleep. And just when she was about to get back to sleep, Gwen would come in and be like, I peed again in the potty. I peed, wake up. Uh, and so, uh, it's Christmas morning. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, but at the same time, you don't want to ruin it. Right. You don't want to be like, no, stop. You know, you try to, you try to say, stop waking, waking. Um, you're trying to make a big deal, like high five. Yeah, you did it during the day. And then all of a sudden it's like during the nighttime, she still wants that. She still wants that high five. She still wants to be told she did a great job because that's what we've been doing with positive reinforcement. It's just, now it's night and we want to sleep, so it's kind of a different deal. So we didn't want to mess with that. Um, luckily, uh, you know, that stopped at one point. I can't remember mm-hmm. how long. It was a long time of her being proud of the potty work. And then now we are in a spot with Clara, which I mentioned last episode, where she is now fully potty trained uh, during the day. Really great. Even poos. She's not scared of them like Gwen was. She's just like, boom, it's uh all, all, all is great. the The thing is, oh, the thing is overnight, and, and overnight is like, like, and we gotta, we gotta figure it out, and we'll see. Maybe, you know, like it's fairly recent thing. Maybe in a couple of months she'll pull a Gwen and be like, I don't want to wear these diapers anymore. They're for babies, or you know, maybe it's going to be something that we're going to have to talk her into, but we've been fortunate up to present. And again, I have two girls and I know girls sometimes it's a little bit easier uh, on this. So yeah. anyway, I, I will say this. I, I think, you know, as is evident by our conversations on the show, like every kid is different. Every kid is going to approach potty trading differently. Um, Caden, Caden and Abigail have not, um, thrown the whole, you know, diapers are for baby thing. Like they have the, the pull up diapers that they wear at, at night and that's it. And I like for Caden, I really feel like he's such a deep sleeper that if we tried, it would, 
it would be a tough go because he would probably just have an accident like he will um he will be having you know tv time and if we don't if we don't ask him to go to the bathroom beforehand uh he will sometimes like today he had an accident you know because he's he's just so focused so i think that i think for us we are at that point where you know i'm like you crofton i'm not afraid to admit it in that i am also a deep sleeper like once i get to sleep i'm asleep but if i am woken up i am also like your wife like it's very hard to go back to sleep um we also have isabel so ashley's up with isabel at night and to if we were to combine that with the fact that we'd have a kid you know walking down the hallway past isabel's room possibly waking her up every time like it's it's probably not something we want to add to the mix but of course you know in in your situation when you have your kids and you had gwen ask for that specific thing like of course you latch on to that and you reinforce that and you say yeah let's do it let's try it you know we'll get the you know the the mattress cover we'll we'll do it we'll we'll make sure we do it in a way that is that it, you know have extra sheets and all that fun stuff we can prepare and i think that's the best way to do it i, I mean you know don't wait till till your 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 kid is way too old to be in diapers but again like Caden's, you know, he's he's he just turned five. He's still wearing nighttime diapers. Like I think that's fine. Like it's fine, and it can take it can take some kids longer to fully transition out of that. But um, potty training potty training is also the hardest part is just getting them to uh, is getting them to start, and then once they start, like for example, like Abigail, she wasn't potty trained. Um, and then once she hit three, just like Caden, at three we started. And it was a really tough go with with Abby, but then once she got it, like now she's good, she's she's better than Caden, <laughs> you know, uh, with it for the most part. Like she she's really caught up with him, and I think it helps that she has someone to as an example to look to. Um, but uh, she's come a long way, and uh, don't discount like you know potty treats is good. Uh, we we as documented on this podcast, we use Frozen as sort of a uh hey if you have no accidents you get to watch frozen with dinner you know which we would only reserve for movie nights but now we were watching frozen every night for i think about a month so that was fun but hey she's potty trained and um i can sing all the songs so who's laughing disney mostly um but yeah it's it's a good time in piles of scrooge mcduck money Oh yeah, they got that Disney Plus money. Uh, uh, well, he does end the show as is tradition with video game talk. Crofton, I think you're rubbing off on our listeners. They just gotta bring it back. Uh, I am also starting to play through the Avengers game and enjoyed that. Uh, enjoyed what I've played so far. The most annoying part is the odd times uh, you die in a mission. As I'm playing on a base PS4, I guess it may be time to hop on the PS5 train or just get good. I, I I do I think what death. He, I, it sucks. I think what he's saying is the load times. The most annoying part is the load times every time you die in oh, a mission. Oh, I, I uh, yeah. Okay, no, that makes yeah. more sense. The the load times. Yes, thank you, Crofton. Hey, no problem. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm on a PS4 Pro. Um, and I did like it's funny because it's not that the load times are brutal, but it it's. Just like right now, I I bought this one terabyte solid state drive on the um on the PC, and so I've been using that on the PC, and then on 
the switch is is you know the flashcards and it's a certain type of game and it loads pretty quickly and and so forth so the ps4 is kind of the ps4 pro is like i guess the slowest base hard drive that i'm using and so my my i guess i'm just more, i'm more forgiving to it i'm like oh i'm on ps4 it's going to take a while uh or it's going to take more more time and often the loading of the missions you know there's like a little conversation on the drop ship as you're being being set down um and uh I I didn't I didn't die too too much. Um, I'm not sure what difficulty. I was just on the regular difficulty. It might be a gear thing too. Be sure like you hit that button to auto equip the best gear. And even you can go to the gear and like you can use whatever the resources is. There's just a button to upgrade your gear. Like you just I just tap it a bunch of times. You have to hold all the buttons, which is a, can take a while. But if you're if you're running into a difficulty spike. Like, be sure your guys have the best gear, and, and then uh, upgrade the the gear accordingly and stuff. Uh, I do, I do think this is a game that will likely, if it's not dead, which I don't think it is. I think they're they're determined to to squeeze, um, you know, more heroes out and more content out, and try to have a little bit of a redemption story going. That they will release a definitive PS5 edition. Hmm. Um, so I mean, you know, if you really like the game. Then that that's or maybe they'll offer free upgrades. That seems to be something that people are considering, except for friggin' Oculus and Beat Saber. Um, <laughs> well, they actually uh, have announced. So uh, I don't want to. I would just jump in here. Um, so the Avengers game uh, that was supposed to have a next gen uh, version or a next gen patch upgrade available at the launch of the next gen systems, but they delayed that just due to all the content stuff they were trying to address. So next gen versions should have um actually there's supposed to be an update in that war table i mentioned they're supposed to give an update on when to expect the next gen versions and it is a free upgrade so if you own the game on ps4 and you buy a ps5 you'll be able to transition no problem um it's just a i think it's just a patched version it's not a new sort of uh it's not a new it's not like assassin's creed valhalla where they're like kind of te- technically two games um in this case it'd be like a it'd be like a version enhancement uh for the ps5 so i think um just one one thing i just want to say about the avengers before i close out i think i I think i mentioned this last time but i do know somebody who like i am friends with somebody who worked on that game someone fairly senior who worked on that game and uh i just want to disclose that because it you know anything i say should be taken with the fact that i know that somebody worked on it i I will say the disclosure should probably be made at the beginning. Uh, yeah. And and so instead of two minutes before the end of the show, but I figure, Hey, what the hell better late than never. Right. So anyway, it didn't really, uh, doesn't really change <laughs> a- a- anything. Although the part that he worked on, uh, which I think is, uh, has a lot to do with the combat systems and stuff. I was, I was flattering too, but it's because I think that they're good. Which, what do you want? Uh, which currency is was he responsible for? I'm just curious. yeah, yeah. I'm like his job. <laughs> he was entirely in charge of designing one of the 18 currencies. I'm yeah. Like, wow. All right. Well, what good it, for him. Like, he's uh, uh, yeah. If 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 he's getting started of that, I got a job in the government for him because uh, that's <laughs> what we we like making things needlessly complicated. Oh. Yeah, I got a form for you. Uh, well, thank you so much, Neil, for writing in. Um, I think uh, I think you're doing great. In, in everything you're writing about, uh, making us sound like we're, we're some sort of presidential podcast uh, machinery. Also, your potty training and the Avengers. So, Neil, thank you so much for writing in. You can do that as well. Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. 
You can find our archive and prove Crofton right or wrong in that we discussed Super Mario 3D World on a past episode. Go to tgistudios.com slash dad and dive into the archives. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at R. Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers, and the show at D&Dcast. You want to know when that Patreon's launching? That's probably the best place to do it. Or you could add us and let us know. We should probably work on it um, if you want to support the show. But uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great couple weeks, and we'll talk to you soon. Skeptical face! Skeptical face! Oh, which is the real one? I don't even know! <laughs> <laughs>